0: Welcome back, and Happy New Year! This is the sixth episode of AIR, an interview podcast series with a different theme each episode. Joining me today to talk about innovation in dance music is Dutch-born producer, DJ, and label boss, Steffi. Buying records in the mid 90s, and after a move to Berlin in 2007, she picked up a residency at Panorama Bar and eventually launched her label Dolly in 2009. Steffi has since become known for her journey like DJ sets and since 2015, a live set that she has toured across Europe. With a handful of releases on Oscar Ton, a mix for Fabric, and her 2017 album World of the Waking State, Steffi remains one of dance music's most compelling figures. we're gonna talk a bit about innovation so having been involved in the scene for so many years do you think that true innovation is really possible in electronic music today
1: I I think we've we've kind of um, picked out the hardest topic also the most (laughs) accurate topic as as it it feels to me everything is full circle like the genre wise and 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 I think it's not easy to, to, to innovate and come up with something that hasn't been done before. But I guess I guess what what changed a lot is the the the, the way people are um, approaching everything. Mm. I think that it's it's not it's much more like a, a multi-dimensional kind of presentation rather than just a, a record and a video. It's now a whole package of styling. And if if you're talking about like Music more on a on a, on a pop uh, um, level rather than uh, electronic underground music. Although having said that, like I think even in that kind of genre, people are looking for a combination of different worlds. it it, it almost feels like the the listener or the viewer just needs a little bit more impact than just an old school record.
0: Like it takes some kind of smoke and
1: mirrors something to yeah like yeah people. you know it's the whole it's the whole. Um, um, package of, of 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 how how does something look and how does something sound and and in in eighties it was already done by like producers just having a male or a female vocalist being the face of a certain project that's nothing new and it has been done many many times but I guess because of modern technology you just get a little like more input from different platforms you know so that's that's what's new in the whole thing you know and mm. kind of like also saturates the quality of, of um of, of everything because it's much more like a homemade thing these days. The advance of the advantage is that like anybody can step on it and if you are talented but you can't find the right people you have this whole do it yourself kind of mm-hmm. industry which is great. On the other hand, you know, lots of people think they can do it and it's just too much competition or just too much too many people um you know fishing in the same so it's 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 hard to um, to answer that like in a yes or a no mm-hmm. because in in terms of okay can we come up with a genre that hasn't been done before I feel that we're going in circles that things are kind of like looping and coming back and uh, reviving themselves maybe in a different kind of jacket but it's it, lots lo- of stuff have been has been done before you know I
0: guess that's the thing it's like once you have gone. I once electronic music has existed for so long, then it's kind of like, how do you even really do something new? But I guess that's a problem in maybe every industry. Yeah,
1: I think like every time, every time uh, um, rock went through a different phase and and developed a new kind of offspring, it was a, it was an exciting phase up until the point where the question popped up is like what what hasn't been done before Mm -hmm. and i think one major major problem for example in the more indian rock world is that the whole okay we're a band and we're practicing in the garage and we're sending our demo of that that kind of uh, motivation is gone it's very um precise like Okay, there's a there's a rock academy or the or, or, or all kinds of different kinds of schooling to um, to teach you how to become a musician or or or, or a pop star, whereas like uh, back in the day it was more about people gathering together. So it's it there's less people that gain fame through a spontaneous uh, connection with people they went to high school with or, Mm. or whatever you know so that's 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 different you know that kind of energy is gone that's for sure so um but i guess the same yeah it's it's pretty pretty similar to um to any type of music as soon as mm-hmm. it saturates like where how, how do you how, how do, you do you do something yeah and, and don't forget that it's, it's it's also part of a social movement you know and I think there's a lack of a little bit of a a battle in, in in the social environment that people have to fight so and it comes along with with music like if you if you see how big the impact of the 50s and the 60s were uh, regarding music and people wanted to break free from from rules and regulations and religion and now it's there's, there's, there's loads of stuff going on, but there, there isn't really a youth movement that people are afraid of or the government is worried about. Mm-hmm. It's not that like one million people go to a rave and the police can't control. But that, yeah. that was Woodstock, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's all, that's also why it's, in my opinion, just a combination of so many different things.
0: So you think it kind of takes this social rebellion or social some kind of social push to make innovation happen.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think the, I think the higher... Um, people in the in, in, in higher places are kind of avoiding stuff to happen. I think it's all very customized to your ear at the moment. Like, it's like, oh, this is... And it's already, it's already also very te- temp- temporary success. You know, like, oh, if we do this like this and then it will work for six weeks and then we've got the second person ready to launch and this is like... It's like everything is very based on the consumption the same it's saying like when we used to buy a tv back in the day would last 25 years washing the same thing and now after seven years it's built not to last mm-hmm. and that's a bit of an issue like okay how do we keep a how do we how do we innovate if we if we don't focus so much on quality that's that's a that's an important question i think like trends i guess yeah and i I mean i i'm always like okay maybe ask somebody from a generation above me to see how they how they look back at at like the development of electronic music like i know that there was a lot of um you know there were a lot of skeptic people when the 80s when the 70s kind of ended and the 80s became like really this kind of like sort of Fashion, electronic, plastic kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Whereas we now look back at it like, oh, but for us that was the, you know, the lead up to electronic dance music. So it's 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 also the perspective of how you, where were you when it happened, mm-hmm. kind of thing, mm-hmm. and how how new was it to you? You know, I I kind of tend to stay on the negative side of things, and and um, I I for me there's a lack of. Um, um motivation of people going out there and and showing their themselves and, and 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 you know like vocalizing themselves against stuff that they don't like and there's not there's, there's not there's not a punk um genre for example in whatever way you know that can go with this type of music so it's just yeah it's a, oh a very laptop based i'll sit around sit behind my laptop and <laughs> vocalize myself online, but also pick my music that way mm-hmm. like it's not that you're dropping by and just see a record in a corner, so you have to kind of move within little little kind of lanes to to be able to you know get through and really stand out because six weeks later you've you're forgotten
0: <laughs> so can you point to an example of what innovation looks like or sounds like within electronic music? Maybe an artist or a label that you think is doing something really
1: different. Well, I think you know what, what I what I see is um, I find it hard to name you an artist, but what I did see, for example, in the in the world of technology, um, when we thought everything was going to be digital and Everything was going to be software based. All of a sudden, there was this whole revolution of independent, um, self-made, small little brands that came up with their little tiny little synthesizer, and that became a whole new world of people collecting. and There's a lot of room, thank God, for 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 people to come up with a product and. And through, for example, what, what's interesting also is, for example, is crowdfunding. Like you want to make mm-hmm. a movie about a certain topic, but you can't find a producer or you can't find a uh, distributor. You can just crowdfund and find somebody who's interested in what you're doing. You know, that, I think that's more an example of what I can give you, what I think actually is, is innovative rather than, okay, that label is doing something that really kind of stands out.
0: So I guess a lot of people would tend to point to someone like Jeff Mills, for example, as a as an innovator of techno. Well,
1: I think I think what's um, well, what's um, very um, interesting about Jeff Mills Mills not so not necessarily innovative, but he set, in my opinion, how I perceive it, he sets in himself free from everything that happens around him, and has a very strong like path that he follows and that he believes in and within his um um, musical genre he kind of pushes the envelope and and like with projects that he wants to do Mm -hmm. he challenges himself by working with an orchestra, or or doing a, a performance at a at the at an opera venue, or, or whatever way. I mean, he's done he's done lo- loads of different projects, and I think that's is uh, you can call it in in innovative. I don't know. I mean, if the the sound has changed a little bit, but in my opinion. It's not such a major like shocker, like oh my god! He still does his thing, which is techno. It might have become a little bit more delicate and 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 more. Of the, the The lines are a li- little bit thinner. It's it's definitely when you look, listen to a record now and and when he first started, there's a massive difference. But this, it's not like he he went uh, 180 degrees and did a completely different take on on, on techno. I think he kind of you know, he, he keeps everything focused to one thing and tries to reinvent himself through challenging projects, you know. I think innovation is comes in many different I was just gonna say like phases, maybe that's also you know? innovation. And and, and that is also, of course, that is in in his way, innovating, you know, if you're if you're trying to um like, reach a it's, new. It's goal. also like
0: innovation for yourself, I guess. Yeah. Like
1: yeah yeah because like I, I think if I write a new record and I've made certain um, changes in my in my setup or I just found out certain ways of producing a track that I haven't been done before that for me is innovating but it might is, might sound normal normal or right it right. might sound like yeah yeah it's not, somebody might listen to a track and they're like not that that's has not done before because in the palette of electronic music we are very far i think we've done we've accomplished a lot if in a short to, amount of time yeah, yeah 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 yeah. i mean like okay let's say that it started mid 70s fair to say mm-hmm. maybe even earlier you know but mid 70s that that's where it was clearly there were bands really focusing on on the electronic side and, and now we're in 2017, 2017, 2018. You know, we've done a lot ever since. So I'm really curious to see what what's going to explode in two twenty. And I have no idea, really. go anywhere. Yeah. Um,
0: so I, I know that the first Alteca record was a big influence on you when you were uh, in your early days. Yeah. Would you say that that album is innovative in some
1: ways, or that in anyway? Is? Because I was listening to a couple of things the other day, um, and I said to a friend of mine, "I said, how can this sound so futuristic? Although it's written like uh, f- twenty five years ago, I think it just had its twenty fifth anniversary a while ago, and it still is. It still is far ahead of anything that." people are writing now and it's it's fascinating it's fascinating that that never outdated itself and this might i i'm i'm, I'm gonna go and skate on a very like <laughs> slippery ice surface now by saying this but like when when classical music developed developed itself that that has been the foundation of music the way it's written composed etc etc and you hear many people saying like okay that is that that is without any debate, that's the basis of, of, of music. I think if you're writing an album like the first Ortega album that after 25 years doesn't sound retro or doesn't sound like yeah, okay, but you know like we're, we're, we're much further now than because we aren't, you know And I think I think in, in terms of moving forward, we aren't, but in, we just widened the horizon of many more different offsprings. But if you can write an album that sounds so accurate, twenty-five years later, I think you you can call yourself a very revolutionary composer, just with different ingredients, you know. But that isn't, it is a massive underestimated achievement, mm-hmm. if you're asking me.
0: Definitely. Yeah. I mean, so what is it about that album in particular that you think sounds so? I mean, I guess futuristic isn't the right word because we're in that future now. But at yes. the time, what sounded futuristic about it to you? It's a bit weird. It's a bit thinking?
1: of a weird word, you know. If you're if you're using futuristic, then you think about like spaceships and all yeah. that kind of stuff. But I think um, um, it's very difficult. It's, it's very difficult to explain what what is it. I think it's in terms of composition, uh, like something so solid and so well written, and um, it was it was a and it, when it, when it came out in that period of time it was just uh, it, it was just out of out of the ordinary you know like lots of electronic music is very song structured hopefully <laughs> otherwise it, you know it gets a bit boring and that is another topic that <laughs> <laughs> you get into but I, I had it's very difficult to say but it's just so it it, it has that whole yeah, something that just locks in perfectly and has all the ingredients for 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 a track to never ever overkill itself. It's it's very difficult to say why did like um, certain songs became classic. I think I think what's interesting is is because this hasn't got a vocal, so the recognition is in in the melody and the composition and the programming of the beats and the diversity of all the effects that are going on, and it's it's so. It's so hard to pin down how you how you come to so such a wide sound palette of of what's going on in that album.
0: Are there any other albums you can point to in particular where you remember thinking at the time, like I've never heard anything like this before?
1: I'm a massive future sound of London fan, and that's also something when I look back at it, like when I listen to it, it's like wow, you know that's that's also. You know, for me, very high standard. I tend to kind of stick in that like um stick in that kind of period of time or in that kind of genre because that's I think that that was the most overwhelming time in in electronic in and um well, let's say when it really kicked off, of course, like I mean like you have to go way back and think about Stockhouse and Brian Eno and cuffwork and and uh tangent and dream and all that kind of stuff that that was there first and that's of course that the whole basis for for um for everybody to you know grab their inspiration from and if you listen to um of course the first craft albums that you can't you can't wrap your head around it it's the same it's the same kind of thing if you look at um Picasso, like he was making that kind of shit in a period of time where you think, how, how how did you, or, or even like this? There's this um, Dutch painter um, Mondrian who was doing this abstract stuff in the twenties, where you go like, oh my god, that doesn't, that doesn't match with anything that was going Mm -hmm. on back in the day. He, he must have had a weird reaction to that kind of stuff. The same with Kafka and and Eno and Stockhausen and all those guys. But
0: speaking of this kind of reaction, I was interviewing Morten Subotnik a couple of years ago and I asked him if at the time that he was recording Silver Apples of the Moon if he knew that it was like Mm. going to be such a special groundbreaking record. And he said that he knew that something was happening but he couldn't really put his finger on what. And it's only looking back on it now that he realizes what a big deal it was, I guess. So, do you think that this progress or this forward thinking, groundbreaking way of thinking is only visible in retrospect? Like when we look back at things, then we know? Yeah, well,
1: the, the thing is like it goes hand in hand with technology. That's the most important thing we shouldn't forget, especially with electronic music. Like um, the way, for example, Kraftwerk were making their sounds, like later on, um, um, things got a little bit easier because of the drum computer, you know. And then, and and and, and now everything is very accessible through software. And I guess why things become such a legendary um, piece of music, or of wh- why things become legendary albums or whatever, is because like, what did you have back in the day to work with, and the the maximum result. And there's never any maximum result now because it there's an endless uh, field of opportunities and and um, ways to work. So it, it it no matter what you write, people will always say like, yeah, yeah, that that that's easy to write with that kind of software plugin. Like you don't need a a self-made drum computer by triggering. Um, you know, certain uh, signals like how Kraftwerk used to make their drums and stuff but because now you just take a drum sample or you take something else that sounds the same it's, it's recognition of something that you heard before that somebody invented back in the day that you have a basis to work with, you know, I think that's an important thing what did they have and what they, they, did they do with it and what, what's the outcome and I guess you, you don't know because you, you're trying something new you don't know what you're doing. Like before, there was even MIDI, for example. Like they had a they had a much rougher time to sequence certain stuff and make sure it was it was tight and it was running and you had to do everything in in one take. And I guess the challenge is so much bigger now to nail the moment, whereas now you can just record it and put it back and maybe never touch it again or finish it half a year later. Whereas then It was all about capturing the moment, and I think from an energetic point of view, that's where your quality kind of tends to stick out. Like, poof and that was a moment where we did this. And like, if I read this book about how Prince was doing his own overdubs and with his voice and what he pitched up and stuff, and the way he was constantly working and challenging himself and and using um, um, tape overdub and, and just. Very simple kind of stuff now because we now know mm-hmm. what technique does. But when you're looking back, it's like, wow, that's so much with so little, and that tends to be the result tends to be much bigger if the if the if the opportunities are very narrow. Like it's a bit too easy these days. Yeah, maybe maybe or too much to yeah. choose from. Mm-hmm. Too much to choose from, and that's why somebody doesn't stick out anymore because there's just too mm-hmm. much. So already done or available
0: so looking back on your own career with this in mind is there something that you've done that you can point to as innovative or progressive or forward thinking I
1: just started really <laughs> I, I seriously like I, I just started like there's I would give myself way too, too much credit to say that like mm. I'm happy that I can have a consistent line of 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 um, of stuff that I, I put out and, and um, that it has a... Like one album would follow up the other one but be different and um, with my last album I I, uh, I made a step forward and, and, and you know, lean, leaning my head, leaning out of the window to see how people would react if it wasn't for to the floor. But, you know, you, I don't... In all reality, you can't compare that to anybody uh, making making music like this you know mm-hmm. like it makes me look very small and I would, I would be nuts if I would say like look what I've done <laughs> I'm just very happy with the result
0: mm. but I guess it's also what you were saying before about innovating for yourself like yeah yeah that's like know. like
1: some people who see this from a distance is like yeah it's a nice album and fair enough absolutely fair enough and, and I, I look back at it like oh my god I went way out of my comfort zone to make this happen mm-hmm. and I guess that's an that's an Yeah, that's an an important result for yourself, but I'm not anywhere near saying, like, look what I've just done, Mm -hmm. because I didn't have to maybe (laughs) go to the doctor (laughs) and somebody take a big look at me, you know. So when
0: preparing for this interview, my initial thought about innovative artists was, Uh, Charanjeet Singh? I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. Uh, He's an Indian musician who is one of the earliest producers of a form of acid house. So do you think that being the first at something necessarily means you're an innovator? Like what's the difference between invention and innovation?
1: Wow, that's a good one being the first at something what you're trying to say is like if you're the first one touching that genre if if that makes you the best one who've ever who's ever done it yeah
0: or if it makes you i don't know is that is that what innovation is is it just being the first at something i
1: i i don't know like i appreciate somebody just trying to break the boundary you know and it's like look i've i came up with something and i don't know if it's working but this is this is what I've been working on. I have no idea if people get it, but like, look at this little thing. But we're coming back to what we what we said before. It's di- it's difficult now because everybody has access to the same things, and it's so much. You can have some some software plugin play a drum solo for you, mm-hmm. or convert an audio file into MIDI. It makes it makes it so simple for to 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 do something. So i don't know if you if you would now come up with something that hasn't been done before in terms of technology, if that would necessarily be the next big thing it's a very thin line in the end of the day you no know?
0: I have trouble even picturing like what a new thing would even be even in terms of technology or music in general
1: I don't know like as I said like like we we're going full circle because we said, <laughs> as we said that before like it it, it it doesn't go hand in hand with any social movement anymore and and I had a very interesting conversation with somebody um the other day who said it is actually um radio uh stations and airplay is now government controlled. Yeah. Um in America that's what somebody told me i don't know if that's <laughs> true you know there's a lot said. you know there's a lot of rumors and stuff but they say like yeah it's really really um very vis- like it's very obvious and you can can hear it very clearly that they're not, you know, they're, they're deliberately not on the lookout for something that will, you know, make everybody insane, that will completely change everybody's minds. And, and we will have another um, something equivalent to uh, the flower power or mm-hmm. or the punk scene, you know, that actually makes... People go on the street and, 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 you know, all of a sudden... Fight for something. Yeah, but also create a movement. Like in the beginning of house music, I, I would like to say that it was still a, a type of movement. It was all about like unity and it was a very non-violent in, industry and stuff but it has become very random so to go back into little niches and and find people with new ideas about you know how how a party should be or how the music industry would be i hope so i hope i hope that people are jamming and 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 willing to get their stuff out but it 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 almost gets out before um you know before it's even has had has had a chance to do something because we'll we'll be filming our jam session in the studio. Whereas, mm-hmm. for example, when Arthur Russell and do was doing all his get-togethers back in the day, that was a a weekly night that you could visit and see what they were doing, and it was a free f- freestyle jam that people were participating, in. and it was an open kind of like door, so everybody could come and sit down. Whereas now it will be a little swipe on Instagram mm-hmm. and see, oh, oh, look, they're doing this kind <laughs> yeah. of thing. So it's a, it's a, we're in a lazy kind of movement. Yeah, I was going to say. Very passive kind <laughs> of. I mean, I, you know? it's, it's interesting that you
0: mentioned parties because I actually hadn't thought about that at all when I was doing the questions for this. Uh-huh. Um, but I think you're right. I mean, I, that's another thing where I just, I, what, what, what is there really left to do that's going to be different, especially because, like you say, the internet, I think, is a really big factor in this as well
1: yeah it is I mean like if somebody would disconnect us all like the Mr. Robot thing would happen I would be that would be very exciting exciting though but it would make you step out of your comfort zone and that's the first thing you need Mm -hmm. for uh, innovation or invention or whatever you know just generally to have you know to be in in a in a narrow space where you have to break out of like okay let's just try something new. We need to do something to make it happen. And I think if if we all would get disconnected, then you have to go back to kind of like, okay, what can we do together to kind of like get out of the situation? And it's a very individual kind of thing. Again, I think it has to come from a social movement, in my opinion. When's the last time that you stepped out of your comfort zone? Oh, every day I have to talk to people. <laughs> yeah, it's, it might sound weird, but I think that's an everyday challenge. You know, talk to people and yeah, um, and, and also considering like, is it is it worth debating or or is it real Am I real Does somebody wants to hear what I have to say? I think that's also something that is very um, take like it's taken for granted. Like people are just throwing things out there and it's like but did, did somebody ask you to speak and and that goes the same goes for me because people my hear is and like yeah, I've, I've heard you say this a million times can you just not shut up about it you know so it's 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 a delicate line mm-hmm. of like okay if somebody asks you to talk about a topic like do I have anything of interest to say does the world need to know what I think about this you know it's a challenge you know or when you put out music like do you have the honesty to think like is this record good enough if you send your demo on SoundCloud and somebody says like listen I don't think it's there yet and then you get the reaction of, oh yeah but don't worry we, we have always have the option to put it out on our own label it's like wow okay <laughs> that's up to you though but like that, that's, that's what I'm saying like is it is it is it is it necessary to release your own stuff and the same goes anybody from a little bedroom producer to Madonna or mm-hmm. Lady Gaga or or Taylor Swift or whatever's out there, you know?
0: I mean, I was going to say that in your RA exchange, you talked a bit about this and you said, uh, if it's time to do another record, I'll do another record. Yeah. So I'm wondering if kind of regardless, do you feel the, the weight of that uh, of that pressure to release more
1: music or release music more frequently no i feel the only pressure i feel is that i think if you're releasing something first of all you have to it has to be a record that that is 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 actually a step into another direction or dimension than what you've done before and 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 it needs to be a quality record because otherwise you just have to you know prevent yourself from repeating yourself this is this is a kind of a split personality because I also do to the record labels so that's how I would select the music if people would like to release it on my record label but at the same time I have to be you know criticized from a from a second person about my music saying like okay is this ready to come out like is this good enough would this something be that is to any value Uh, is of any value to people out there you know like I think you should always ask yourself the Mm -hmm. question am I doing my am I doing a good job I think quality is is um, is an everlasting thing rather than quantity so
0: I mean how do you generally find the answer to that like you're saying uh, is this good enough for is this valuable enough for
1: me to release it how do you generally know if it is or not I think in general my my standards are pretty uh, I'm a I'm a perfectionist so I would rather say no than yes because I'm I'm kind of freaky when it comes to this you know <laughs> so I think automatically something would say like, in my head would say like this is shit we shouldn't we shouldn't do this you know so I'm not really worried about me going into a direction and uh, and making a mistake there but I you know I did I I've done 3 3 solo albums and 3 Collaboration albums with people and the solo albums are a bit tougher because you're on your own you don't have a exchange between other artists that you're working with so you yeah you're directly confronted with like okay like have I done this before you know so yeah if you if you take music very serious then and it's not so much like okay let's do a couple of tracks for the dance floor but you want to you, you want to make a little bit of a concept album then you automatically are facing these questions, you know, that that will pop up in your head, like okay, because I, I the way I work is I write it in one go. Some people collect because they are very consistent kind of producing, and then collect a couple of songs and would put put it out as an album. That's one way to do it. It can have amazing results, or like I do it, like I just block myself from doing anything else and then. Do a six-week or eight-week period of time where I write, where I just write, it's writing, with with the um, purpose in the back of my head of of releasing it.
0: Is that how it worked with your last album? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So and so, what was the what was the production like for that? Because I you mentioned that this was a bit of a different step for you, not as much dance floor. Uh, oriented, so yeah. what what were you doing differently uh, with this album?
1: I didn't really want to commit myself to any thoughts of how it should sound like, so I was like, okay, what if I just don't commit to anything um, 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 genre-wise, tempo-wise, but I, I had one mission is to stay away from the floor to the floor as mm-hmm. much as possible, because I I had a big urge to... Not go boom, 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 boom on this one. And um, just see what happens. And I guess that's where you reach new new uh, goals for yourself.
0: I mean, is there a, a, a fear or an anxiety that comes with kind of doing something that's quite new for yourself?
1: No. If you take the time to do it... I mean, on the, on the first day of when you start... that. Most likely, you're 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 still kind of like stiff, and and, and, and you, you might have just travelled or 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 you were occupied with other things, and then you're going back into the studio, and you, you it, it's it's a bit difficult to switch that mind straight into like whoop let's go, and the first hit is 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 already a bullseye. I that never it takes it takes a couple of days to get in, and there's days when nothing's really coming out. But as soon as you got the ball kind of rolling and you're warming up, that's where the that's where the creative mind kind of like starts to do his thing.
0: Do you think that failure is inherent in innovation, as you said, like the first day or some days maybe nothing great comes out of it? But do you think that those days are kind of necessary? For yes,
1: totally. I had to learn that. Mm-hmm. I was so I was so focused on 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 you know achieving what I, what I had in my head and it had to sound like this and it had to be like this and, da, 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 and it drove myself crazy and 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 just you know making the second album I was like you know what I'm just gonna do a jam and as soon as it locks in where you've got that feeling yeah this is a substantial kind of thing and then put it away go out have a nice lunch take it take a break and then go back and do a second one because I used to be into a loop, like stuck into this loop phase for way too long. When I was first learning how to produce, I would just phone up friends and like, I can't do this shit anymore. <laughs> like the longer I listen to the loop, the more I'm changing and in and the end of the day, it sounds like shit. I guess that's where you learn to um, to discover a creative flow and also just to learn how to how to use everything because I'm I'm self taught, like self-trained. I self trained, i never I never went to school. I had piano lessons when I was young, but I never went to the SIA or whatever, never took any course so I had to, you know, learning by doing. But one of the things that frustrated me the most is like I'm just stuck in the same thing and this needs to change. So after my first album I was like okay, the second album I'm gonna do completely different. And that that came really like it was very it was a very natural thing to me. Because then you're very like focused on something and it feels good and that's where you capture it. Boom. And if you're finishing it the next day or maybe two, three weeks later, that's completely fine. You'll, you'll be able to lock in the core of the song really quickly and easily. And those are the, for me, are the best kind of creative moments.
0: Can you think of a specific time producing, maybe not the last album, but any of your albums, uh, a specific time when you've failed a few times and then... Finally, those failures have kind of pushed you in the right direction, and it's turned out great in the end.
1: Well, there's still there's still tracks on on, on on all of the albums where I was just like I'm I'm happy with this, but I would have done it differently. The mix isn't quite satisfied, but it's okay. At some point, you just also have to say like, okay, it, enough it's, is enough. It, I've, I've tried and and like the, even on the last album, although I'm like extremely satisfied with the outcome, there's still like two two or three tracks where I'm just like, uh, when I listen to them, I go like, oh, I should have kind of like, hmm, done this or had to sound like this. And, and, you know, as I said to you in the beginning of our conversation, I have a feeling that I, I, I seriously have a feeling I've just started, you know, like there is so much to do. There's so much on my list of of where I, I want to be. And and I guess if that's your drive, then all the little mistakes kind of are helpful to eventually achieve all these dreams and make them reality.
0: So, in terms of DJing, uh, you said in your interview with Accelerator that you don't really feel the need to go super abstract or do something really different just for the sake of doing it. Can you talk a bit about that?
1: Yeah, I don't think it's really necessary to to play weird um, music just for the sake of being controversial, like. Um, i think it's important to make sure that if people listen to a dj set that they're like there is interesting stuff in there and it, and it, and it feels good and the journey is nice and it, it's an, it's it's a it's something that i can, you know you step on this training, you can follow but i d- I definitely now just because I've written something more abstract, I don't have to go out there and preach about like listen now I'm just gonna play abstract music because I've just written an abstract album I've been d- de- djing for more than twenty years, so i've I've played loads of different genres and I am still I'm doing this like if I have a chance to play like four hours, you will see me starting there and ending in a completely different. In completely different genre, so but it for me I'm I'm very attached to flow like it needs to make sense to go from there to there And, and and I love the challenge of starting with a really nice house groove and end up in a crazy mental broken hysteric session you know but everything in between made sense to go from A to to Z you know but you know having said that there are people that like to completely freestyle and play all over the place and some people are fascinated by this mm-hmm. I mean it's it's everybody's take on how to how to play a set you know like and mine is definitely not the way to do it like it's, it's it's how I see it I think about journey I think about this needs to flow with this, like it's a domino, kind of, the two and the six and then the six and the six as a five and a five and it just continues in this one big long line. If you look at the first record, it doesn't necessarily have to do something with the last record, but... They all kind of connect. Yeah, so they all, they all connected in a, in, a, in a certain way, so...
0: But in terms of technique, you said in, I think it was in the same interview, you said that there's kind of nothing left for you to learn after you've been doing this for however many years do you think that that's kind of problematic in a way, like, as we've kind of talked about a bit about earlier, is there pressure to not only DJ, but DJ in a way that is unique in, in some sense?
1: No, no, I, I, I think we're good. I mean there's, there's, there's lots of people uh, there's, there's different ways of DJing now, like DJ back in the day was um, uh, to record players, sometimes people had a reel-to-reel um, um, Jeff Mills had a had a nine o nine. Richie Houghton had Dex effects and a nine o nine. There were always people like implementing drum computers or effect machines and stuff, because obviously we didn't have all the digital uh, software to uh, to use or the CD players. And I think um, ever since the CD player came into our lives, I have a, I'm a bit iffy about the sound quality, but I do have to say it opens up a whole new world of opportunities. Like looping can be a bad thing, but looping can also be an amazing thing. It's how you use it in the end of the day, you know? And I find, I find it quite satisfying what we have now. We have everything digital, so you can bring it, whatever you want, you can bring it to a set, which is a big, you know, it's a big luxury. you want to bring your records and you have a nice sound that's also amazing and it's a different way of DJing because you have hand you can look at the artwork you can quickly decide whereas i have to think a lot you know playing digital but there's so many things that i appreciate about digital the only the only thing that i really would appreciate if we don't we don't necessarily focus so much on where the technique's going to go but why don't we focus on the quality of the sound? That's a very underestimated thing in every single festival. I'm like, guys, get it right. It's not that hard. The core of your party is to make sure that the setup is providing everything you need. As a DJ, you're 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 paying all these DJs lots of money. Some DJs are known for playing with with a certain mixer or five turntables or whatever you know make sure that if you book them that they can do their job and don't make push them in a corner of like oh yeah we didn't have the right needle or we didn't have to write that I'm I'm cool with every form if you want to play on a laptop fine make sure there's a good USB cable and a laptop stand stand you know and and if you if you play with with um see DJs make sure that that's that, that those things aren't worn out and the same with turntables like if you invited the, the vinyl dj make sure he's comfortable but for every for every form of djing you know and i think that's where the challenge lies not so much as like okay what can we do I mean the only thing that would be nice is somebody would come up with a nice DJ mixer. Just a good sounding quality mixer that doesn't lose a knob when you're going too wild or filter that breaks. It just sounds like shit. I guess like quality is like an open door for innovation also. Yeah, what totally. I mean? so, but now cause now it kinda of, kinda of seems like yeah we're doing a festival and and, and and look look at who we all booked, yeah, but you know what your main state sounded like shit mm-hmm. and how does how do you sell that to your audience you know like how do you how do you how do you get away with that like mm. you but do you think the audience also maybe doesn't care about Sound quality as much as they should. Well, you know what I I strongly believe that like a younger generation has a like genetically has a different pair of ears than we have because we the um, everything I, I I remember where the mastering kind of went into this compressor com, you know in the scene where like this this new, whole new style of compressing everything so it could be played on an iPhone on a laptop it's a whole different way of sound perception you know and and sometimes it's so loud and it's so harsh in the high frequency and and kids don't seem to care and Mm -hmm. and the older generations most of the time are wearing earplugs so I think that's, that's also what you're used to like if you're young and you play your music on a, on an iPhone I guess you're used to different kind of frequencies than the older generations
0: at festivals I mean if this if it's your you know you're going to your first festival and the sound quality isn't good then it that kind of sets the standard for like you don't really know any
1: better yeah and some people don't give a shit they're like I was there I had a great time whatever you know <laughs> yeah fair enough but I think as a, as a like if you're if you're if you're Going into that world of festivals, and I've said it before, like, and you want to you wanna be in, in Croatia, and you want to be in, in, in what's a new thing, Sao Paulo, and you want to be all over the, Mexico and, and do 20 versions of one festival, that's fine. But make sure that you've got the right production team to also provide all the people that play for you with the right equipment, and make sure that your sound is spot on. Because there's nothing more beautiful than a great sound system where you can really capture the music and also that the DJ doesn't have to play safe because some of the records won't work on a certain sound mm. system
0: so how does this discussion about innovation impact you as a label owner is that something that you're thinking about when you're yeah. choosing or when you're choosing what to release or
1: how does that whole how does this whole conversation influence you yeah that's that's a, that, that's something that has been on my mind a lot because you have to be precisely what you do and you know what like when you're when you're like an old school person like me it's it kind of uh, you have to be careful not to not to close your eyes to what's what's happening outside and, and and so what I've been doing is to to widen my platform is start to work with like little sub series of things like a couple of records that go under a different name so I'm, I'm always trying to find ways within the label concept so how can we how can we you know how can we sell this in a nice way that it still makes sense that it comes out on my label and it's and it has room for all kinds of genres so that you don't kind of lose the consistency in your label. But if I would stick too much to that, I would, in the end, at catalogue, number 60, everybody's like, yeah, I've seen that, done that, mm-hmm. been there, done that kind of thing. So it's, I
0: guess it's a fine balance between like how can you still retain your sound, but also find sounds that are new enough to keep people interested. Yeah, of. or
1: like if there's like something, and it happened to me, where something, like a, a new artist sent me some stuff, and I was like, this is so good. Mm-hmm. But to release it straight after my last release would maybe be, in a way, too much of a contrast. Which is, I mean, now that I'm saying it, it's like, oh my god, you don't have the, you don't have the guts to do that. It's not about that, but it's it's like, okay, how can we, how can we, kind of like bring this to the audience so it it, th- there's a little bit of visibility with it, you know, like for the fabric CD, I asked everybody to make a trek, especially for the city, with a certain explanation from my side, what I had in my head, and then it's like, okay, how can we package this so that it's something special? You know, so I'm just trying to find different kind of drawers to open.
0: Do you think that this term innovation or innovative, do you think that's kind of tossed around a bit too much or like that we focus on that? too much like i mean just because something is innovative doesn't necessarily mean it's good
1: yeah no of course no no no. but but i guess also like like when you're i guess we're at a turning point so it's 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 legit to to ask yourself like okay what where is it going what are we doing you know like in terms of what you asked uh, label stuff for example vinyl is having a hard time again because the dj's hardly buy any vinyl they work with files most of the time and it's absolutely fair enough but you know for you to do limited editions of of vinyl you have to you have to kind of watch what gets picked up and what what kind of like happens under the radar and people are sensitive to to um, um, something that is unknown but what I've and coming back to your question what I've noticed um, since a year or two is that the unknown doesn't necessarily mean that it's a great track and just because it sounds weird but when you're listening Mm. to the sound structure of the track you're just like yeah but you know what just because this sounds a bit crazy or has a weird electro beat like after hearing it two times I it doesn't stick with me you know Mm. Like, like it doesn't it doesn't really stick in my head, it doesn't have that recognition, but because it's on a, on a black label with a weird stamp and crazy artwork. And, but that, that seems to matter to mm-hmm. the kids these days. And I'm saying kids because it's the young people, <laughs> most of the time, that now are jumping on, you know, the, the, maybe the last train of, of collecting. And I guess the older, the older generation of record collectors can kind of see through this. Like it, like so a you know
0: uniqueness doesn't really matter if it doesn't have lasting power. I guess. Yeah, yeah, it's like,
1: it like, like you can, you can see if a, if a if a white label comes out and has this rough kind of sound on it, people tend to jump and like, oh my god, but when you're really listening to it, it's like, first of all, I can't play the record, but because the quality of the production is shit, and second of all, it's just not, it isn't that good, but because it comes in this obscure kind of package, people seem to. Jump on it, and and at the same time, I'm investigating mm-hmm. of, of how to keep my stuff fresh. So it's a bit, it's a thin line, you know. Mm-hmm. Like you have to kind of, yeah, you need to have a creative head to, to to stay in the game and 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 see what's what's going on. But what like what I've noticed about um, a couple of new acts um, that I've listened to recently, in this more dubstep, step crossover R and B um, stuff. One thing was very interesting. It, it's um, still the lack of recognition for me that worries me. Like I, I hear um, a Kalela track and I think yeah the, it it is something fresh mm-hmm. and it is interesting what these girls are doing. It goes without saying. But and this and, and somebody might chop my head off now and that's <laughs> fine. But you know if you're looking at how um r&b was produced like in the mid 90s when it was becoming really big and 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 it was under a lot of fire because people were like it's over it's overkill and and that's that's definitely what happened but if you compare it like but yeah look at the look at the quality of the melody look at how it was written it it kind of feels like Okay, I have a weird beat and I sing something nice on it, and because it's a weird beat, it kind of does the, the trick. It, it, for me it lacks it lacks in general, it lacks a certain level of quality. And I and I also when I'm in a taxi from the airport listening to the radio, I'm just like, oh <laughs> my god, <Yeah. laughs> like what what is this? Like and it sounds so old-fashioned and I don't want to be like this, but it kind of pushes me back into world of like i'm worried you know Mm -hmm. like i see my 16 year old nephew listen to stuff and i'm like but this is this is really (laughs) random what you're listening to like like what i don't know just like there there, there seems to be a little bit of a kind of a heart style revival at some in, in some parts of the world and and i tend to go like yeah but you know what listen if you like this, why don't you just dig a little bit deeper, kind of thing? And, then, and but you know, on the other hand, like who the fuck am I to tell you what to do? You know, but it's it's all it's all very much on the surface, you know. Lady Gaga comes with a new album, and it's a little bit more ballady kind of thing, and all, and it needs to come in the next Netflix movie where she's bawling her eyes out, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, yeah. Maybe just try to write something decent, but then again, who the fuck am I to say that? It's just an opinion. But I guess, as you
0: were saying, like, it's kind of like for me, also, I think weird is not enough to make something interesting.
1: No, 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 it's not. Like, but I think it's just a thin, it's like a, a thin little hole that you have to find to crawl through because it's not easy to kind of like. You know, swim to the surface, and, and 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 somebody noticing you like, oh wow, let's pick this up. You know, like it, there's lo- loads of people that are sitting in an A and R chair, and you're looking at it, and you're like, why the hell are you doing A and R management for this label? It's 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 difficult to avoid politics when it, also when it comes to innovation, you know, because it's all very lined out and has to go like this and you know it has to sell like this and you have to look like this so that and I think that has been something um, difficult for more than more than decades you know that's nothing new
0: but I guess it's also interesting because we, we kind of touched on this briefly earlier but I guess in the end it's up to the listeners to decide whether something is innovative and and I guess if you're listening to Lady Gaga and it sounds like something you've never heard before then in your mind that's innovative
1: absolutely it's very subjective Mm -hmm. it's very subjective because some people might think the world of her and for me it's like yeah but you know it's like it's like Kylie Madonna and and, and Marlon Monroe and God knows who but then again if you're you're looking back at Madonna like yeah but she was doing her and and, and doing this and And in all reality people are saying the same thing about me so it is it is very subjective you know but I think in general everybody has kind of the same feeling like okay we're ready for some some new inspiring acts i, I see it at festivals as well like the, the, there used to be a mix of rock hip-hop trip-hop uh, grunge electronic music on this on the same in the same festival but those were all decent acts and now he's just i tend to see a lineup where it's very like within the within the lines you know like don't don't do anything too experimental Mm because it won't sell any tickets and Mm -hmm. I literally have had situations where people were saying like yeah it's nice that you want to push this this group of people but they don't sell any tickets if you don't have the possibilities to push something that's very new or or innovative forward because people don't want to take the risk
0: and so what are your hopes for yourself in terms of innovation or trying something new in the in the future what what things do you hope you'll explore
1: but I think I, 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 I relate to what you were saying about like of what we were discussing about Jeff Mills, you know, I hope to kind of keep moving forward in, in and um, keep collaborating with interesting people and learn a lot from interesting people and have my door open whoever knocks on it and see see what what comes my way that I haven't done before and always you know, always make sure that the line is consistent. And that's my way of trying to keep it real and, and f- as fresh as possible, you know. But as I said, it's subjective, and anybody who listens to my music can also say, yeah, but you're not doing anything that I haven't heard before, which is actually true, and I'm also <laughs> not pretending, but I'm, I'm just trying to... Yeah, I'm just trying to keep the quality level as high as possible, you know, and not sell myself out, and not attempt to go for short-term success and just, you know, try to listen to my gut. And yeah, if, I don't know if that's innovative or if that's an invention or <laughs> I think I, I, I always tend to believe that if you choose quality over quantity, then the existence is a bit longer. But it's, it's as I said, it's subjective. For me, it's just doing what I believe in.